let's pray. Lord, I pray right, right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would invade our hearts, Lord, to hear your word about your amazing mother, Mary. So in Jesus' name we pray, you just fall in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are, we're starting a brand new series today called uh, Bible Heroes. And so we're going to take out of scripture four amazing giants of faith. Now you're looking at me going, yeah, that's great for them, but I could never be that person. What you're going to find, the people we're going to talk about in the next four weeks are just ordinary people. Actually, out of the 3,247 people in the Bible, most were not born into royalty, not powerful, not influential, not wealthy. They were just ordinary people, just like us, trying to get through life, going to school, getting whatever they need to get out of their education to further life. They're just they're raising families, in, putting a living, putting food on the table, enjoying whatever happiness that brings them then, just like we are today, ordinary people trying to figure out life. But along the way, as we're going to discover, is some of them, God touched them in amazing ways and allowed their faith to grow to where it became such an evident that they actually, we're going to talk about it, they made the hall of fame of the Bible. God would want you to learn from them how to live life, how to be encouraged by them, how to learn the lessons they learned to allow their faith to grow what it is. Can I say it this way, that, that God would be willing to push us and that we'd be receptive to pushing us to places, even though we feel doubt and fear and uncertainty and insecurity, maybe even dealing with past hurts and we can't get past those, that we would go past all those and be willing, willing, willing to leap into faith that would, the word says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anybody ever jump off the rock at Waimea Bay? Anybody ever do that? So the first time you did it, you had to get to that place on that rock and you had to take a deep breath and you had to at least thought, ooh, I hope I make it. I hope that wave comes in just at the right time so I don't find that rock at the bottom. Am I here there? So uh, one of my uh, mission fields that I've been going to is the Dominican Republic. And it, every time we go there, well, not every time, but most of the time we go there, there's this lake or when you think of a lake, you might think of big. It's actually a pool of water, quite a large pool of water, with this big rock face into this crystal clear water. It's the most amazing thing. It's really a spring that feeds this, and it's just epically beautiful. But we, got, we went there one time, and um, we decided, and I did not know. I only saw the backside of this mountain. I did not know that there was even water down there. This is my first time there. The people taking me knew so they knew that I was, going to have to, I was going to be a challenge that day. So they take me to this rock. And the first, the guy that was in front of me, who was from our team, he literally walked and jumped off the rock. And the rock is minimally, easily twice the size of the rock at Wyoming. It's, giant, it's way up there. And he just jumped off. And so I come up there thinking, this couldn't be that bad. And I go, holy. Put any word in there you like. What the heck? And all of a sudden, my heart, man, and there's all these people, because really the whole show at that, uh, at that body of water is people jumping off. The whole show, and now I'm the show. And all the people down are encouraging me, come on, go. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to look pretty stupid if I have to walk back down this hill. So all of a sudden, I garnered enough faith in myself and I finally leaped off that thing. 
And this morning, that's what we're really talking about. We're bringing you a message these next four weeks about faith. That we take, the word says that all we really need to start with is the, the faith of a mustard seed. Anybody know what a mustard seed looks like? It is the smallest, in fact, if I just went like that, just a little bit, I would turn it in dust in my fingers. That's all the faith, the word says. All you need to start with is that faith. And then I, Jesus says, I will let that faith grow. And if you've ever seen a mustard seed, a mustard bush that was never trimmed or pruned, it's gigantic. I mean, it overwhelms whatever it's in front of. And that God says, and what we hope you get out of this message for the next four weeks is that your faith, even though it might be very small and unsecure and insecure, that it would grow and trust God to anything. Let me say it this way. God wants, the, the, some of the hardest things that for a human being to do for us is to actually let control of our life go to anything but us. Anybody with me? I mean, it's like built on the hard drive. I'm in control. Nobody tell me what to do. But God says, no, actually, I want to be in control. I want to drive your life, and I want you to sit over here, and I want you to know if you let me drive, I'm going to allow you to have the most amazing life you could ever dream of. But you got to do this. You have to trust me. God said that. So today, the person I want to drive out, bring out of Scripture is this amazing, amazing person, Mary, Jesus' mother. When, when Pastor Carl, a few weeks ago, we were all in the mainland, and Pastor Carl goes, hey, so this is what we're going to do. We are planning our rest of the year preaching schedules. You can preach. We're going to preach in Bible Hills, and you can preach on anybody you want. And without even thinking, I just went, bam, Joseph. I've got Joseph. No problem. He understood betrayal. I could talk about betrayal and the highs and lows that he experienced, the unbelievable forgiveness he was willing to give to his family. I'll do Joseph. But... And I started, when I was gone, I started praying, Lord, I said that pretty quickly, and that wasn't really of you, that was of Rob. Lord, what would you, who would you want me to preach about? And I want you to know, I was by myself in, in, a, in the hotel room, everybody else was away, and I was, I literally had an emotional, not breakdown, but an emotional moment, absolutely. And I felt like the Lord clearly told me, no, I want you to preach about my mom. But when I felt I heard that word mom, and I'm thinking, wow, what a privilege and what pressure. And I was literally thinking, don't screw this up. God's watching. Literally. And I was thinking, too, I, part of that emotional experience is I was thinking of some of the, the women that were in my life that allowed me to grow into the person that I am today. And I am, a, having been a person that's been known the Lord, the person that absolutely has faith. And I was thinking about my mom. She was an amazing woman. Back, so I'm old, so you know that was back in the old days when mom stayed home and raised her kids. Impossible today. I totally get that. But that's the way it was back then. And she was always there. I mean, I would come home on a date at like 1 o'clock in the morning, barely alive, catching my drift. And she would wake up, Robert, can I fix you something to eat? That was her. Crazy. Amazing woman. Then I think of my wife. I've been married to my, I've known my wife for 45 years. And she is definitely a woman of faith. I am who I am because of her. And you have to say, man, good job, Deb, because she put up with me for all this time. And by the way, just for the record, just so you know, I realize that. I do not take my wife for granted in any way. I realize that she's had to put up with this dude for a long time. And I work, I work, I I run pretty hard. But I know. 
I'm, I'm blessed that the Lord would have found a gift in my wife and gave her to me. And my daughters, Liz and Sarah, who love the Lord, I crazy, crazy great daughters. I'm so honored to have them. And now I have a daughter-in-law, Bree, married to my son, amazing woman. And of course, my granddaughters. But I was thinking too, I was thinking of the people that are on your staff, the women who make up this staff are just incredible. Like Pastor Tammy, she would literally, hear me. In fact, pray for her. She's, I think she might've already done it, but she's in, in St. Louis back. She's in St. Louis uh, doing her mother-in-law's funeral. I think that was yesterday. Is that, was that yesterday? Does anybody know for sure yesterday? So Pastor Tammy, I remember when she first came to work for I, uh, my secretary and I, Glory, invited her to help us cut donuts back when we used to give out donuts. And she's gone to a person like, in, like behind the scenes, you know, I don't even know if I trust God, to the woman that she is today. And there's all the women on staff are incredibly, you're blessed to have them help us do life together. Are you hearing me? And the people in ministry. There's some people in this room right here. Allison, amazing woman right there. People who are discipling you are women of faith, growing in their faith. They're not, none of us have ever arrived. Are you hearing me? But I want to also give a shout out to all the ladies in this room. I watch you guys do life. I do. And I want you to know I am super impressed with you. I'm blown away of your faithfulness. I know life can be difficult. I know issues happen. I know things get in our way and not, not the great way. But I am blown away about the, uh, the women who lead others, their families, just an amazing group of people who decided to, I mean, I think of Diana Holland here, who allowed other people. She, she didn't have kids, so she adopted two babies. And it's been uh, just uh, amazing to watch these two boys grow up into the people they are today. Good job. Can we give all the ladies a hand in here? If I, if I pointed at you, you would have your story, and we'd be honored to hear that story. But here we're talking about Mary today. A Mary, Mary, who was reluctant, was like, she was a teenager. Check this out. The word says, and scholars tell us, that she was a teenager when when. She was in love with Joseph. I mean, they were planning their life together. Now, I, some of, like, I'm old. I have to think back quite a ways to when I was a teenager. Some of you are teenagers and might be in love right now as, with somebody from your class. But you know how it is? It's the last person you think of in the, at night and the first thing you think about in the morning. In fact, back in our day, we used to write their name in the books. Today, we just text them, send them a zillion emojis. Babes, I love you. Good night. Then we FaceTime them. But now, of course... Mary didn't have all that back then. So I, can, I picture Mary and Joseph in front of her house in Nazareth, just swinging on the swing, dreaming about their future together. Are you hearing me? Just in love. And all of a sudden, Mary's life was interrupted. And I want to say probably was not what she hoped for. An angel shows up in her life. Now, the word says that when the angel showed up, she freaked out. Now, listen, anywhere in Scripture where an angel shows up, the next word is, fear not, peace be with you. Because like they're on the floor going, what the heck are you doing here? Like you could have knocked on the door. You know, it was a, a powerful experience, but a fearful one. And the angel shows up and tells Mary, Mary, I need you to know something. God has found favor with you, and you're blessed among women. And you're going to have a son. 
You're going to conceive a son, and his name is going to be Jesus, and he's going to be the savior of the world. Now think, she's 16 years old. Clearly, that's not the way she saw her day going. It wasn't in her radar that that's how her life would go. And all of a sudden, the angel drops that news on her. Now, I'm not sure how this went, but I'm thinking it went like something like this. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Holy, put any word in there. What? I don't know if a girl back then used bad language. It might have come to her mind because it scared the daylights out of her. Wait a minute. What are you? Wait, time out. Let me get this straight. So you're saying, I'm going to have a baby, and his name's going to be Jesus, and he's going to be a savior of the world, and I'm not going to sleep with a man. Right. Sure. That's possible. You know, doubtful, fearful. I guarantee you, at that moment in her life, she was incredibly confused, doubtful, wondering what in the world's going on. My question to you is, has God ever been confusing to you? Has God ever asked you to do something and you had absolutely no idea why he asked you to do that? Has God ever pushed you to the limits of your comfort zone past that? And you're going, I don't think so, God. I want you to know, I think Mary would tell us to say this to us this morning. Don't miss the God moments. Don't miss the God moments. In scripture, it's really an interesting scripture in Hebrews. It says that, let me just read it for you in Hebrews 12. It's a crazy good scripture. It says in Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, and therefore means what came before that. And what came before that was a description of all the rock stars, the Hall of Fame people of faith. Now, by the way, you didn't get on the Hall of Fame in chapter 11 by what you did. You got it on by what God did through you. Are you hearing me? And he goes, and the word says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. This is a cool thought. Uh, John Maxwell in his book, Running with, Running with the Giants, said this, and he makes a pretty strong case that in heaven, all the people that the, the saints, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, are, are literally watching us run our race, watching us lead our lives. And they're there supernaturally. We don't, we don't know it. We can't experience totally. But it says, he says, he makes a strong argument that they're literally encouraging us in our walk. The word says, the word calls our life a race. And it goes on to say this. Let us strip away every weight that slows us down, especially that of the sin that so easily trips us up. Trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So what he's saying is that there's these great witnesses. And I believe, I believe in my heart, Mary's one of them. Watching us, encouraging us. Hey, anybody ever run the marathon in here? Anybody do marathons in here? No one does. One guy. Okay, so let's get around him and lay hands on him. The last service, which is a very, you know, seven o'clock is not a very big service. Half the crowd had run a ma marathon. Like I, like, I can't even comprehend that. Like, the last thing I would want to do would be run a marathon. Anybody with me on that? You're outnumbered, Griff. Here's my point, though. We're all running a life. The word says that our life we're doing right now is a marathon. It's not a sprint that there's going to be highs and lows in life. If you ever run the marathon 
And I'm sure you're coming back to Kapilani Park up past Diamond Head. You want people encouraging you. Yes, you can make it. Go for it. You can do this. And that's what the word's telling us, that all these saints in heaven are literally encouraging us. And that's the point of this message. And that's the point I want you to receive from Mary, that she wants to encourage us. So I wanted to say this. Don't, Mary would tell us this, don't miss the God moments. See, God, Mary had an encounter with God, but she was bewildered. So don't blow it off and miss it. Because many times we have a God moment and we miss it. We say, oh, that was just coincidence. Or I'm, I can do my, we, we blow it off for a bunch of different reasons. We don't realize it was God. Those moments are those times when we can't possibly explain why something happened. That's a God moment. And can I just say this? God is about God moments. He wants to be real in your life and he wants to show himself real in your life every day. And it's done through these amazing moments when God shows up and gives you just the right word to say or you're working on a project at work and all of a sudden you have the answers to the project right there. Where did this come from? God. You might feel an overwhelming peace that comes over you in the storm of life. How, how is it possible I'm feeling so calm? God. But sometimes don't, Mary would say, don't lose sight of it. A friend of mine whose father was having open heart surgery a few weeks back called me in the office and said, is there any way you could come and pray for my dad before he goes into surgery? I said, sure. In fact, I can come right now. I don't have a meeting until after lunch, so I'm going to race. I'm coming right now. I'm going to race down there, and we'll do it, and I'll, and I'll pray for your dad. I'd love to. So I left here. And I had, you know, got all the way to Queens, parked in their parking structure. If you've ever been there, they have a parking structure. And then I was walking over the hospital, and all of a sudden it hit me like, whoa, what just happened? I literally stopped at the light at the courthouse that, on Polkella here that we all have to stop at and make a right. That was the last time I stopped my car. I never came to a stop until I parked my car in the parking structure at Queens Hospital. And I'm walking going, wow, God. I just recognized that you, what you did in my life this very day. And I was like blown away. It was a, and I want you to know, Mary would say to us, don't lose sight of those God moments. And if you're taking notes, the first thing I want to talk about this morning is sometimes those moments are going to seem impossible. They're going to seem impossible. Mary, she had to think, I'm going to read the scripture, but she had to think, this is crazy. Let me read it for you. It's in Luke. We're, uh, the greatest illustra- uh, stories of Mary and, and, and illustrating her life are found in the book of Luke. In fact, the first two chapters, it says this. In Luke 1, pick it up in verse 31, it says, and this angel's talking to her, and it's a story I just told you about. In the word, it says this. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and, and you'll name him Jesus. And he'll be very great, and he'll be called the son of the Most High God. And he and the Lord God will give, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Then Mary goes, uh, "Angel, problem. How can this happen? I'm a virgin." So right there, she had to have doubt. She had to go, "What in the world, dude? Are you talking about?" I cannot possibly, this can't possibly happen. Her mind could not conceive of what was just told her. Here's the deal, gang. If we allow, God, if we allow our moments to be processed through our head, if we allow the size of our God to be processed through our head, 
And in my, not your case, but my case, it'd be a very small God. I would have put God in my mind, which is not that big, to put into a very small box. And my ability to trust God, to believe in God, would be very small. Are you hearing me? God would say, make sure that my promises and my, what I'm saying to you and my moments with you are not up here, but are here. At the very core of who you are is your soul. You're never going to go past what God has for you. You'll never experience all that God has for you unless you're willing to go past that to the impossible and trust God with it. Are you hearing me? Think of Noah. Here's Noah living in the desert in, in, in not a very big community, so everybody knows one another. And all of a sudden, God says, I need you to build this boat, which is a third the size of the Titanic, in the middle of the desert. No, no one in that vision, village, including Noah, had ever seen a body of water that that boat would fit, float in. But God says, hey, I need you to build that boat. And can you imagine the ridicule? Can you imagine him? You're nuts. That's impossible. But guess what Noah did? Built the boat. Think about Sarah. Abraham and Sarah. Remember them? And God says, comes to Sarah. And Sarah, uh, God says to Sarah, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. What did Sarah do? She laughed. What are you? Are, are, God, I know you're there, but that's impossible. I'm old. That can't happen. See, she was thinking in her head. In my life, some 30, 33 years ago, uh, I started coming to, it's called Hope Chapel back then. We were meet, meeting at Huimau Village, brother Heike up here. And it was a kind of a breakdown set up church. Every week we'd set it up. And after the service over, we'd break it down, store it away, do it every week. I was a part of that breakup crew, set down breakup crew. That was what I did back then. My wife and I, whenever the doors were open, my wife and I were here. We had a small child at the time, Elizabeth. And now she's grown. She's just turned 37. How could that be? I don't know. Anyhow, the pastor then, Carl's dad, Pastor Ralph, says, hey, Rob, can I take you to lunch? Okay. I didn't really know Ralph. I mean, we talked a little bit, you know, but no, no in-depth talks. I didn't know him really. It, my first thought was, uh-oh, what does he want? He must know something about me. Oh, oh, oh. It's like going to the principal's office, you know? When the lead pastor, asked, when Ralph asked me to, you know, oh, that's scary. But I did go to lunch with him. And so we're having lunch, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, he goes, Rob, I want you to consider coming to work for the church. And I literally, God is my witness, I literally started laughing. I mean, I, I just, and I'm in my mind, I'm going, dude, if you knew me, you would not have ever asked me that. There's no way. <laughs> you must be... I didn't think pastors did drugs. Man, what's the deal? What are you smoking? And so, and, and, and it was, I'm embarrassed to say this now, but every time I looked up at him, I started laughing. And I, I, here I am with the pastor who I, you know, looked up to, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I got to compose myself. And every time I looked up, I started laughing. And I, I finally composed myself. We had through, got through lunch. And then I, he says, okay, I bought you lunch. You deserve, I deserve you to pray for this. I need you to pray. At least pray. And I, I did one of those, sure, I'll pray. You're right. I didn't want to even, look at, be honest with you, I didn't even work for the church. I, my father and I owned a construction company. We had a big job on the Marine base. We were building houses. And we actually had a window and door business. So when you own a business, what are your dreams? To make a lot of money. I'm thinking, mm, my, my whole 
project, trajectory in life was all about how much money I can make and support my family. And, what, you know, that was, that was the whole thing. You don't own a business to just get by. And he says, he says, I need you to pray about it. So I did. I said, I at least pray. I didn't even tell my wife because it was one of those prayers. Oh, Lord, if you would want me to, okay, sure, no problem. But I didn't mean it. <laughs> and I'm driving down Kala Hale. It's, there's a Nico's restaurant there. It wasn't Nico's back in the day. I'm driving by, I can remember it like it was yesterday. And out of the blue, I'm thinking about work. My, my brain is not on God, not on anything. My job, my, I was coming back from the hardware store to get, make sure my guys were working. That's what I was thinking about. All of a sudden, this thought comes racing in my brain. I mean, like overwhelmingly, powerfully, say yes. And he said this, say yes, and you'll never, ever think about a payday again. You'll never think about a payday again. Because at the time, of course, that was running through my mind. God knew it. Like, I'm not going to be able to get to where I want to go in life working for a church, I'm sure. Like, I have, you know, I want to own lots of homes. Anyhow, I heard the Lord, and the Lord said, I need you to do this. And I want you to know, here's the, I would never exaggerate this. Now, of course, we have uh, direct deposit, and my wife takes care of the books in my family. But I literally have no, I never have. I literally have no idea when payday is. None. Oh, there's money in the bank. Okay, good. I literally don't, I don't think about it. It was a promise God gave me and God came through. Are you hearing me? When God gives you a promise, he will come through. So sometimes those God's moments in your life are gonna seem impossible. And when they come though, I want the next point I wanna make sure you know is say yes. Say yes. I learned to say yes. Mary, here's what she says. Remember I just read in the scripture that she had, she had, the angel told her what to do. I'm, you're going to conceive a son. And then Mary goes, no way, I'm, not, I'm a virgin. The very next verse, though, here's what she said. After she composed herself, I'm sure, thought about it for a moment, and here's what she says. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. In other words, I don't get what's going on here but I get that I'm, I trust, I know you and I trust you. I'm going to say yes, even though I have no clue how you're going to pull this off. She says, I'm a servant of the Lord, Mary said. May your word in me be fulfilled. And the, late, and the angel left her. In other words, she said yes, but she had no idea if God could pull this off. And I believe this, that's a very second that Mary got pregnant when she stepped over the line to belief. The word, remember the word says it's impossible to please God without faith. Impossible to please God without faith. In our lives, when we're willing to not know the answers, have all of it's clear, but we're willing to say yes to God, get ready for something amazing to happen. Because when God asks you to do something and you say yes, get what he's gonna do. He's gonna come back and say yes to you. In that worship song, his, his answers are always yes and amen to his promises. Are you hearing me? But, that's, but when we have control of our life and God's over there and we don't even care to hear what he has to say because we're driving our life and we have our own trajectory we're after, God, God, we're not hearing God. Are you hearing me? And God say, hey, I want to hear you. And he will show up. I remember, if you remember the, uh, the, the story of Jairus 
in the Bible. Jairus had a daughter that was sick. Jairus was a leader in the synagogue. He was a, he, the whole community knew who he was. And, and the word says in, in, the, in the word that there was a huge crowds around him. And Jairus racing up to Jesus. Jesus, my daughter is sick. She is dying. Can you come and heal her? What did he say? Yes, I will. But there was this large crowd that kept pushing in and, 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 and stopping him and asking him questions and, and getting in his way. And I'm sure Jairus is going, come on, Jesus, my daughter's dying. Where are you you got to hurry, hurry, hurry. And all of a sudden, messengers came to Jairus and said, Jairus, I'm sorry, but your daughter has died. And here's, what, here, here's, what, here's the message. It says this, Jesus, overhearing the messengers tell Jairus that their, his daughter had just passed away. He says this, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, do not be afraid, just believe. And at that moment, the minute he did, what happened to her? She lived. See, when God, what my point is this, and what Mary's point would be us to this is, just say yes to Jesus, even though we don't totally understand it, because Jesus is gonna come through and raise whatever we thought was dead in our life, he will raise it back to life. Are you hearing me? There's things in our life that we've let go, thought ah, that will never happen, dead in our life, even though God promised it. Go back, revisit that. Lord, I say yes to you. Are you hearing me? And last thing I think, one of the things I think Mary would want to say to us today is this. Your God moments will open the door for God's best in your life. Your God moments will open the door for what's best in God's life. In other words, even though you don't understand it and you experience God, you had an encounter with God, Here's the one thing, even though you're trying to minimize it or try to think it out like that can't possibly happen, here's what I want you to know. God is always right. God is always right. In Mary's life, remember, she was a teenager, all confused. This can't possibly happen. Here's what, here's what I want you to know is she was probably not feeling blessed. Are you hearing me? I mean, I don't know. Um, Mary was a teenager, pregnant out of wedlock. Back in those days, you can get stoned for that. But fast forward to what the, the world we live today. A teenage girl getting pregnant out of wedlock is not the finest. She's not feeling blessed initially. Are you hearing me? They're wondering, well, I had so many dreams, so many aspirations, and this has now gotten in my way. And then all that goes, the drama that goes with family and all that goes with that. It's not any different than when, she, when Mary was a child. Are you hearing me? But then she goes, I need to be encouraged. So she decided to, you know, I'm about to show. I don't want, to, I don't want all the condemnation that's going to come from me in this community in Nazareth. I'm going to go see my cousin Elizabeth. If you remember the story, Elizabeth, John the Baptist. John the, Baptist, John the Baptist's mom, and she goes up to one of the amazing stories in the Bible about Mary, goes to Elizabeth's house, and here's what happened. When she saw Elizabeth, Elizabeth actually came running out of her house to greet Mary. And in the, in the word, the word says this, in a loud voice, she exclaimed. In other words, Elizabeth screamed at Mary, I'm so stoked to see you. Thank you for coming. And it says, blessed are you among women, Mary? And blessed is the child that you will bear. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises in her. Blessed is her that 
knows that God will fulfill the promises in her. Ladies, camp on that promise. Camp on that promise. Pray that every day in your life. See, when Mary, what happened? Why, why would it say that in Scripture? Why would God tell us this happened in Scripture? Because I believe it's true that Mary needed encouragement. She was in despair. I'm young and I'm pregnant and this, isn't, this can't possibly work out for me. But she goes to see Mary and Mary goes, yes, it will. Yes, it will. What you're, what, what's happening in your life is a blessing from God. She, Mary allowed, Elizabeth allowed Mary to allow her to, to experience now the blessing and see the blessing that could come her way. Are you hearing me? See, at the, that point in her life, she needed Mary, she needed Elizabeth, sorry, she needed Elizabeth to bolster her faith because she was in despair and her faith was that of a mustard seed. She wasn't feeling blessed. But here's the most amazing thing about the story of Mary. Fast forward 30 years with me. 30 years. Now Mary has incredible confidence in God. Incredible confidence in her son. Knowing that what he is the son of God and that when he can, he can do miracles. She's seen it. So here she is, young, freaking out, teenager. 30 years later, confidence. Here's how come I know that. Remember the amazing story about Mary and Jesus and the disciples going to the wedding at Cana? Remember that story? So they're, they're at the wedding. And the bride and groom, it's catastrophic. They had this amazing wine bar open, and they run out of wine. Like open bar, open wine bar, and they run out of wine. That's like no bueno. So Mary goes to Jesus, uh, Jesus, I think you can help. Can you help these guys out with this problem? And literally, God go, Jesus goes, this, this is what he says. This is not my problem, woman. Don't bug me. That's what, that's what, that's what went down. It's not my time. Leave me alone. That's their issue, not my. Don't make their issue my issue. And here's what Mary says. Good. Chucks down the mom card. Right there. Brings over the servant. Here, let me just read it for you. Mary says to the servant, whatever he says, just do it. In other words, servant, he's going to tell you, pull the mom card. I heard you don't want to do it, but... I'm the mom. You're going to do it. Goes, and you know the story. So she went from a very young teenager with a faith of a mother mustard seed, watched him grow through those years to the point at 30, he basically, basically drops the mic and says, do what he says. Because Mary's faith had grown to absolute boldness and confidence that God's promises will come true. Are you hearing me? And that's the point of this message. And that's what I want you to get out of the life of Mary. You might have faith that's just barely there, flickering. Doubt might overwhelm you every day if there is a God, and if he's a God, would he come through? To the point, I promise you. Now listen, I've been a Christian a very long time. I don't question God anymore. I, I work for a church, and I'm li literally in the people's highest moments of life and their lowest moments of life. And sometimes bad things happen. And many of us, sometimes when those bad things happen, we question if there is a God. I don't do that anymore. I don't know. And I literally say to God, I don't know why this is happening, but I'm, I, I'm okay not knowing until I get to heaven. Because I've seen God come through in amazing ways. Are you hearing me? Mary would say this. Let me, let me finish by saying this. A couple things. 
Mary would say to us, stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. Let me read this. This is an amazing story. No story about Mary would be complete without the Christmas story. So I want to make sure that this is a part. I want you to know, stay connected to God. Here's the, here's the verse. In Luke 2, it says this, and it's talking about the shepherds. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. And all who heard them were amazed at what the shepherd had said. Here's what I want you to catch, though. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. See, Mary was a worshiper, and Mary would say to us, make sure that you don't miss the God moments and worship God when he's working in your life, and don't blow it off. Are you hearing me? In John 15, 5, it says this, in the message version, it says, when you're, Jesus is speaking, when you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship is intimate and organic. The harvest, the result of your life, is sure to be bountiful, abundant. Separate from me, though, you can produce nothing. And God, Mary would say to us today, tap in to God and don't get disconnected. Because the enemy, his sole goal every moment when you wake up is to connect, disconnect you from God. Be in love with the word. When you read the word, don't just write it, read it for information. Read it to hear from God. Are you hearing me? Don't be stuck on the app. Anybody stuck on the YouVersion back app trying to make sure that anybody right now, uh, I won't have you raise your hand, but you're like on a, you're, you're on a streak and like you can see the end of the year coming and it's going to say 365 days streak in the word this week, in, in, in this year. I guarantee you are there. Many of you. We're so stuck on that streak that we're not only, we're, all we're doing is reading the word of the day, but we're not going deeper than that word. And God would say, Mary would say to us, connect with him on a deeper level. Under, really understand what he's saying to you, okay? Next thing I would say, Mary would say, stay connected to purpose. Stay connected to our purpose. Mary knew her purpose. Mary at some point understood, I'm to raise this child. And one of the amazing stories about Mary is the time that when Jesus was 12, what happened? They took Jesus to be dedicated. Remember that? And here's what Simeon says. Simeon says, at the, at the dedication, Simeon says, bless them. And it said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the fall and rising of many in Israel. And it will be a sign that, he is, that, he, that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Here's what it's saying. Mary knew, what I'm saying is Mary knew her purpose. Mary knew that that child, Jesus, was who he said he was, that the angel said he was. And her job, her purpose was to raise that child. I want you to know, you'll never be all that you can be until you understand what God's purpose is. The most, two most important days of your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. The day you discovered why. And now I know you guys are sick of us talking about this growth track, but I promise you, and today, today, at 11 o'clock service, today we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts and your personality because if you understand how God created you, your, your unique personality and your spiritual gifts, when you came to know the Lord, three things happened. He gave, the Lord gave you his Holy Spirit to come and live with you, to guide you, direct you, comfort you, 
to be with you, to be intimately involved in your life. He also gave you eternal life. He says, when you came to Jesus, you're going to spend eternity with me in heaven. That's the best prize of all. Are you hearing me? And thirdly, he gave you spiritual gifts, not for you to keep under the tree and keep for yourself, but no, to discover, unwrap, and give away to anyone who asks. In my life, I know that the Lord's given me the gift, the, the spiritual gift of encouragement. That's one of the gifts, spiritual gifts, the gift of encouragement. Because I know when the Lord speaks to me and I speak it out to you, I know something happened, transferred on a Holy Spirit level. Had nothing, nothing to do with Rob. Zero. All I was was the messenger. But I know that in, in the 30 years I've worked for the church, when I've said some things to people, the Lord worked in their life. Back to it, the gift of encouragement is an amazing gift to have. We all need to be encouraged in this life. Are you, are you hearing me? Last, uh, secondly, the next one is, I think God, Mary would tell us, stay connected to people who encourage you. Remember, remember Liz, uh, Mary went running off to Elizabeth to hang out with her, and she knew that she got there. She was going to be, in fact, the word says that she stayed there three months because she wasn't feeling blessed, but when she got done hanging out with Elizabeth, she felt really blessed. So hang out with people who bless you, not tear you down, not throw doubt in your world. I'm killing the clock, but I want to say one thing. It's super important. Many of us in this room are married looking at me right now. And I believe marriage is sacred. And I believe it for one really important reason. Because all of us need encouragement along the way in life. All of us do. And I believe this with all my heart. And I will defend this forever. I believe that a husband has the ability to encourage his wife to the point where she will soar farther than she even thought that she could be in life, to places that she didn't even realize she could conquer. She will be, and that's why, that's why I think it's a spiritual thing, is she will be feeling blessed. And who did that? No one has more ability to speak into a wife's life than her husband. Same with the wife. No wife, the wife can speak into her husband. Many people think the way to a husband's heart is through food and, I knew you weren't going to say it, but you thought it. (laughs) No, the way to a man's heart is appreciation. And the only person, a boss can say, you did a great job. Your neighbors could say, your family members could say, your officer could say it, but no one has the power to raise a husband to sort to soar higher than he ever thought possible than a wife. Conversely, no one has the ability to hurt each other. Because of the power you have to encourage, you also have the power to tear down. Can I just encourage you today? Today, before this day, sets, the sun sets on this day and turns into this crazy full moon tonight, make sure that you encourage one another. Are you hearing me? Hang out with people who encourage you, build you up, because a life of faith has its ups and downs and doubts and all that comes that way. Hang out with people who are going to build you up. That's why we do connect groups. That's why we meet at church right here. My prayer this morning is I'm encouraging you. That's what I want to do this morning, to encourage you in your faith. In connect groups, I have this crazy good connect group right now, all young, vibrant young couples, and their passion for God is just encouraging me. And lastly, I want to say this. Mary would say, don't lose sight of the big picture. Don't lose sight of the big picture. 
No sermon on Mary would be complete if we didn't talk about the worst day of her life. You, you can't pass this day up. She raised this child, and all of a sudden, one day, she realized her son was going to be executed. Now, sometimes we listen to this story from the father's point of view of what he gave up, gave his son for us, and that is amazing. And sometimes we hear the story from the point of Jesus and what he was willing to die for us to take care of our sins because he loved us. But I want to just talk about Mary. Mary, it says, I'm going to read it in a second, was there with a group of people, two other Marys. Let me read it. It says this. Jesus' mother and her, the two aunts, two Marys, were at the foot of the cross, and Jesus saw his mother, and, and Jesus at that point was more concerned about the mom than himself. And says, she says this, Jesus saw the mother and the disciple that he loved standing near her, and that was John. And he said to the mother, Woman, here is your son. And then to the disciple, here is your mother. At that moment, the disciple accepted her as her mom. See, what Jesus wanted to make sure that her mom was taken care of. She, she knew that he was grieving. She had to be grieving beyond her so, so far. And in, in, in our lives, there's been times when we have gone through some deep water. And there's people in this room right now who actually have lost children. And I can't think of anything tougher. I, I can't even fathom the pain that they go through. But Mary would say to us, because she saw how the story ended, even though that day was the worst day of her entire life. But she saw the story unfold after that. When Jesus raised from the dead and, and she got a glimpse, a true glimpse of heaven, and Mary would say to us, don't lose sight of the big picture because when we take our eyes off heaven, that becomes right now. And Mary would say, keep your eyes on heaven. When you realize that this life is so brief, so brief, but something awaits us that is phenomenal. It would rearrange our worst days. Our worst moments are redefined because we don't, we can't keep our eyes, we have to keep our eyes on heaven. If we only look at the circumstances, we lose sight of God and all that. God says, keep your eyes on heaven and keep your eyes on me. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing woman who stepped up to the plate and allowed you, Lord, to be all that you were created to be, Lord. And I pray this morning, Lord, as we learn the lessons from Mary, Lord, for our own life, that our, that our faith, though it might be the size of a mustard seed now, would grow into this full-blown confidence and the power that comes from that, that when you speak, Lord, we absolutely believe it to be true, Lord. And I pray, Lord, your word says that you're the God of the impossible. Though through men, though it might seem impossible to men, your word says that all things are possible through you. And I pray that this morning for everyone, wherever we're at in life, Lord, whatever issues that we might be facing right now or thoughts that are flooding through our minds, Lord, you are the God of the impossible. I pray that you would show them the reality of your love and the future that they have. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bow your head for a second because the most important part of any service that we have around here at Anchor Church is, the, is for the ability for people to come to know Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. I want to pray in a second because the word says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins, you'll be saved. God doesn't come rushing in to your life. 
He wants you to invite him into your life. And I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's a transaction. And the way we do it around here at Anchor Church is I'm going to have you raise your hand here in a second. And I'm going to know who I'm praying with. And you can just hitchhike off my words. And, and I, know, I want you to just know that what we're going to pray is that the Lord would come into your heart in a powerful, miraculous, and divine and supernatural way. That your days from this point on today would be re- reordered because of what Jesus does this morning in your life. And if that's you and you'd like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd love you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand up. I see you. And you. Keep raising your hands. I see you in the back. I see you there back in the back. I see you, this couple right here. Amazing. Keep raising your hands, guys. Hands are going up across the room. I see you. I see two people right there. That's awesome. Amazing. And if you're on the courtyard or watching online right now, God sees you. So let's pray. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for doing my life my way without even acknowledging you. Lord, I acknowledge that you're real, that you created me for a purpose. Lord, I pray for these people who raise their hand that you'd forgive their sins, Lord. That you would come into their heart in such a powerful way right now that they would physically feel your embrace. Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them every day, Lord. That the person that came up this driveway this this morning and the person that goes back down it are two different people because of what you did in their life this morning. In Jesus' precious name, and we all said, amen. Awesome. What a privilege.